0: To do. Yeah. yeah, but I want to share a little bit this morning about it. Ties in, I believe, with Tuesday night about sharing your faith and your story, which really does count. And that's sort of part of the subheading I have today: is your story. If you're a Christian, your journey, your story, even this far. No matter how you, I've been a Christian around 40 years, yeah, exactly 40 years. Uh, some of you only been Christians maybe a short period of time, but it doesn't matter. Your story, no matter. How when you've begun understanding and being a Christian and knowing Jesus as your Savior, your story really counts. Now, I know we know that in our heart and mind that we're important to God, but I'm talking about how your journey, what you've experienced, what you understand, how that's really important for others that you meet that don't know anything about Christianity or God. And, you know, for us older ones, I want to tell you that most of the young people born today have no understanding about Christian things. And so we've part of what I want to share on Tuesday is how we can share the gospel, have it translated, if you like, into everyday language. Because a lot of our language we use to try and share the gospel really are words that no one understands. And we need to, as older people, and choose, And last Thursday and Friday, I had to sit under some teaching all day, which is a miracle for me, to become a Baptist preacher, minister. And that's good, fantastic, never too old. And I wasn't the oldest there. It was a man, retired school teacher. He was 78. So God is doing things, and that's a passion of mine, that those older ones and grandfathers, that we have a gift. Our story really counts, but what we're doing now really counts as well. Many of you know that, uh, so what I want to share now is a little bit about your story and how important it is to God to use that in wherever you live, wherever you work, and however you relate to your natural family as well. It's really important. Some of you remember that uh, the Bible talks about, and Jesus did, talks about being a good steward of what God has given you. And all of us know that uh, the Bible talks about gifts. And it's great to see gifts, like Pastor Ben has a good handful of gifts that we benefit from as a leader, as a pastor, as a shepherd, and so on a great example, and I sort of have a bit of an understanding of a couple areas where I think God has gifted me. But you know, the one gift we all have, the one most important gift is your life that God has given back to you, complete and forever. Your story. And so even in line with the whole thing of what gifts God's given you that He wants you to use, anyone remembers the principle is that whatever God gives you, you need to Use it. You need to give it away. You need to share it. So the one foundational, most important gift as a Christian you'll ever have to give away and share and and, and sow it back into God's kingdom and the community is your life. It's your journey. It's your story. And you know, I happen to know because I just watch and observe a lot of things that many of us are thankful for what God has done for us. We can share, well, when I was this age or that age or, you know, I was just wandering and lost. You may have been des- desperate, dire straits emotionally, physically, financially, whatever it is. And, and many can share stories how God rescued them. But you know the most important thing and the method, if you like, some people love methods, that Jesus used to share about God and the kingdom was storytelling. He told stories and we because we think, oh, he talked in parables he talked about this there was a young man there was a farmer why did he talk like that and we think oh well that's just a a Christian method no he talked in a way that in his day all the people understood it was everyday language and it was everyday lives of these people and we need to understand that God we need to be good stewards because if we share that gift of life and salvation that God's given us, guess what? We will be good stewards and that gift will go on and on and on. You know, I love that movie a while ago, it was I can't remember what it was called, but it was a little boy in school, he decided to do his uh, give it to give it away. What was that? Pay it forward. That's a God principle. Every gift, when you look at the gifts in the Bible, many of us have studied the gifts that God as a Christian gives you, the talents if you like whether it be a musician, a speaker. But then there's spiritual gifts which you all can be involved in, if you like, and it's called spiritual gifts. Some have the gift of hospitality. Some have the gift of, of sharing and speaking and encouragement and prophecy, which it really ties in there with speaking forth what God wants to say to people. So powerful, so important. And you know what? if your life story is something that you understand is ongoing and it's not just when you become a Christian. People want to know how to become a Christian. They want to see if it works or not and that's why your life is so important because your life is meant to influence. I struggled, and I've said this before when I've shared even on different topics, that I struggled to sometimes line up the early church life in the book of Acts and as recorded in other epistles, little books of the Bible in the New Testament, this was the life of Christians, and I look today in the life of the church, how many know that sometimes it just doesn't measure up? What they experienced, what happened, even how they did it, it doesn't measure up. Something's missing, and I keep asking the question of myself in particular, why don't we see... Those miraculous things. Why don't we see the results? Why not? Why not? And it's good to ask questions. Whenever they ask Jesus a question, he asks them one back. It's good to ask questions. And, and, you know, don't be afraid if people that don't know about your faith ask you a question. But what I want to say that your life story, your journey must be up to date. What do you mean by that? God's always speaking. God's always doing. I could share our journey for 40 years and go back in different periods of time in our life when God was faithful, when it was hard, when we didn't have you know enough money really to, to live, definitely not live comfortably. But God has been faithful. We can share that. But you know the most important thing to me is what God's doing in my life now. It's true. The Bible says, the teachers in the Bible say, it was good that you had that good, strong beginning, but it's more important how you're going now. And people in, out there in the community, you may think, oh, well, I tried to share the gospel. Often we've tried to share this story that this is where you're at, this is where God is, and you're going to hell, if whatever. You know what God wants to share, and, and, and this is what we're taught he wants to share the method and the phenomenon, if you like, of Christianity is that it works and is involved in every single Christian life. And people, God has placed you, you were born into this the certain family and you can think, oh, you can praise God for it or you can almost feel that you've been cursed. You can't, we can but nothing the Bible tells us is by chance where He's placed you, where you work, where the situations happening. And there's seasons when we see change. But I, my understanding and my experience is that wherever God places me, people are watching me, especially if they and, and, and I've been bold enough or silly enough or whatever to say I'm a Christian. I I have a I have a A good introduction line because I look so different and I don't fit I guess the the normal mould. I say to people, you'll never guess what I do besides working at school. I'm a church minister and they're in shock and they can't believe it. Hopefully it's not because of my behaviour, but it's usually what I look like. But it's great because your life, you can say, Well, I'm not like other Christians. Praise God. Because where God places you is so important. Your journey, your experience, your story is so important. And I want to tell you this you may not believe it, and the hardest person to convince often is yourself that your life makes a difference to people. Your life can influence those around you. And you don't have to be loud like me or Julie or someone else to influence and make a difference. It's true. Why? Because the Bible tells us that when we trust God, when we reach out to Him and give our life to Him, He comes and takes out all that stuff that is dark and lost and empty and He places what inside us? Himself. Just that alone. It's like the Bible says we have this treasure which is God Himself. Himself in earthen vessels. So it doesn't matter what your vessel looks like or how gifted or talented you are because it's what God puts in there. And that's why God wants people to see how often weak and frail and normal and ordinary we are and how many times we've stumbled and fallen down because they want to see, and often they like us. If it would only work, if Christianity, if God was only there, Christianity was only so real. But when they see your life as an ordinary person, a struggling person, a person that's been through loss and pain and suffering, when they see that you have a strength, they don't know where it come from. But is it maybe because they said they're a Christian? Maybe because that they get down and they've fallen down and people push them down, but they get up another time Where's it come from? We only see that type of uh, strength and that in the heroes of the movies. So you can see that your life as a Christian, no matter how old or how young you are, is as great a potential and influence than any movie hero. Because those heroes, we know they're not normal people. It's made up. It's fantasy. It's supposed to reflect real life. But have you noticed how many movies in the last five few years are all about superheroes the world is wanting to see superheroes why because they can't often change their scenario their situation and they hope and they wish they could but that's why when we talk about hope the Bible says the hope of every person out there is Christ in you wow it's not how good that James is he's a cool character we can all say that, amen to that. I'd like to be like James if I was young. But James doesn't go where I go. James doesn't meet all the people that I meet. James can't say and do and whatever. Because, you know, at my age, I've had a heart attack. I've had this. I have children. I have this. I've, I've been in an orphanage and I've, I haven't grown up with my parents. And how many young people relate to all that? I'm a grandfather in the school, but those kids are relating to me. And I'm an ordinary person, to be honest with you. Often less than ordinary. But the phenomenon of the gospel is God has chosen the weak and, the, and, and the, those and, and that are cast down, and women and children to present the gospel so that people say it's not of their doing. It's got to be something else. And maybe it is God. Maybe that his spirit is real. Maybe all that they've heard about in the religious terms, there's some sense of truth in it. And when they hear the message in their language by people they can relate to, if God can do it for them. And I want to tell you this. It doesn't matter how many years you think you've been a bad witness or testimony. Oh, failed. I've really blown it many times. Yeah, let's put up a hand, all those that have. But the thing is, God has showed us the way, the pattern. If we've fallen, if we've made mistakes, if we've hurt people, if we, we apologise, we humble ourselves, we show them the way. Why do we do that? Because that's what God has shown us. And they can relate to it. It's never too late for the Christian. Never too late. God is the God of another chance. Until this breath goes out of us, God's always the God of. There's another way. There's another way. I am with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No matter how many times you've fallen, how many times you fail, I'm there. If you would humble yourself and bend the knee and reach out to me, I'll pick you up another time, and I'll demonstrate to people how gracious and good and forgiving I am. But what are people? What have they heard on, on overall from the church in my lifetime? What have they heard? This is wrong. That's wrong. Look at the pattern, as we'll talk about Tuesday. Look at the pattern of Jesus. Look at the pattern of the disciples. What do they present to their community? What do they talk about? Now the religious people, they were pretty firm with them because they weren't a good influence. They weren't relevant to the life of the ordinary person. At times they were hypocritical. And this is why I believe that the church hasn't been the example to the community that we could or should be. I'll put this one down. That makes it easy. And you want to, you know what? Influence. Wow. Our preacher, this church. Now, this is something God showed me, I think it was this morning, about this time. Why am I speaking today after this season? And, you know, we, we're realising, I think as leaders, we're realising, wait, maybe there's a bit more to it. Because... What I've noticed and what I share and what I'm pleased about is this church has had influence in this community. Amen? You don't get the sponsorship and the the grants and, and the support from council and local government unless you're doing what they believe is the right thing. This church on the whole has an influence and a reputation. It's authentic in the eyes of many around here. Now, what does that mean for us? And I said to Julie before the church, uh, before the service, I felt God said to me, part of the reason, and we've prayed for the community uh, needs and other people and all good things. But I felt God say to me, one of the reasons I've had this church pray is to prepare the people for what I want for them. Wow. How many of us know that when we humble ourselves and seek God's face, He will heal the land and bring salvation in all its practical forms. And I felt God say, I'm preparing the people because I want them to become relevant. I want them to become even more authentic than they ever thought they could be. Because as a whole, we can say, oh, I'm part of that church and they this. But God's interested not only in all of his church, he's interested in you, the individual. And he wants you to have a reputation. He wants you to be authentic. Because how many know the people outside the church, one of their biggest issues is the church is not authentic. The church doesn't relate to me. But the Bible says that your story brings reality and revelance. Revelance? Was it relevance? Relevance, that's the one. (laughs) Revelence, it's a new word. I don't know where we're going to do with that one. And that's part of the reason God has had us pray. Because my people have sought my face, not for their own needs, but for others. And when we humble ourselves and seek God's face for whatever, God does more. Always he does more. Always he does more than we ask or can ever imagine, the Bible says. Are you relevant? Are you authentic? Are you living an authentic lifestyle? Well, this is the opportunity when we can say, yes, I'm going to, more than ever, because it's not about me and me and me. It's about what God and people can see in me, which is God. God you know, and, and, you know, honest, no matter how many times you've been an ordinary sort of Christian, if we make a choice to follow and, and, and the patterns and the examples around us, We can change and I'm telling you, you could have been a a Bible bashing, door knocking, whatever Christian for 30 or 40 years and God does something fresh in your life, people notice it. Wow, I know you've always been religious and a Christian and you've always been willing and ready to talk to me about this but something's different about you lately, what is it? You see with God it's always fresh and new and relevant, I got it, (laughs) relevant. And you can have influence. The gospel is powerful. It will influence people, but it needs some flesh and blood. And you're it. I want to read this bit I put down here to make it easy, because the Bible doesn't fit on here too well. Um, here's the Message Bible version of Jesus. And you've heard this scripture. You might even recognise it, but it's different. Here's another way to put it. I'm re- That's in the Bible. Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. Here... Yeah, you're here to be light, bringing out God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. Woo! As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, who's going to make light bearers? Put your hand up. You. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? Wow. But we can compare ourselves oh I'm not like that I'm not like Pastor Steve or Pastor Ben or someone else I'm not like that that's not me good good you're still a light bearer the Bible says you're still salt you're still light and I'm not going to put you under a bushel and hide your way says God because I wanted people to see that every single different sort of person the loud the quiet the weak the strong the infirmed the old the young I'm going to put my light in them and everyone will see that the gospel works for every single person, every single culture because we've do not got to stop trying to change people and trying to change culture and just give them God. And then God, him and that person or she and and God just do great things together and people can see the glory of God. So I'll finish this scripture. I'll make you light bearers. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. This is a prophetic word to every one of you this morning. No matter what your past has been, how dull do you think your light was? Oh, I'm a failure. And I've got, I know I've got this written in my notes, but you know me, I don't follow the notes. So I've got to say this while I'm thinking about it. At times I thought I'd failed God and I'm not worthy to speak. I'm not a very good example. Therefore, what do, the devil shuts us down. And we hide away and sometimes we pull away from the church and other Christians because we feel bad, we failed. But what does God say? Don't run, don't pull away, come to me. Because when you're weak, I will empower you. When you. If you humble yourself, I will cleanse you and forgive you and I'll stand you up again like the story of the prodigal son. That's exactly like God. I want my independence, God. Give me what's mine. We go off. We've all done that in some way or another in our life, most of us. I will say most of us. I've done that. And then we come back when things are bad. I wonder if God will just forgive me enough, you know. But he goes more, doesn't he? How many of us experience that? He does more than cleanse us and forgive us. He stands us again up there. And he puts, you know what the robes speak of? Royalty, that he has the same authority and power as the Father. And he put his ring on his finger. This is the God we serve. We don't put people that are doing bad things, they've got to suffer the consequences and go through those and restoration and so on. But with God, he wants to put you back on the light stand. Look at this person. They failed. But I've got them back on the light stand. Why? So that people will see it's not about them and their goodness and their ability. It's about my son who paid the price for every wrong thing they've ever done. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine that's what the scripture says now that I've put you on a hilltop this is what God wants to say this is what he's ready almost physically to do with us I'm ready to put you back there are you ready? you've got to make a decision as a Christian I'm ready to let God let God not yourself let God put me back there in that place and for some of you this is the season where he wants you to do more than you ever thought he would do why? because you've been faithful with a gift already For some of you, he wants to do more with you. He wants you to shine even brighter. Which means, not about your goodness, it's about your influence. Understand that? It's not about your goodness, light is light. You have the gift. It's about your influence. And some of you, God wants to make your influence even stronger. With your family even. Not necessarily with numbers or that sort of thing, but with your family. But he says here, uh, now that I've put you on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. How can we shine? Lest Jesus just work through you. You know, shining sometimes is, I failed the other day, I dropped the bomb, the, letter, the word bomb. I dropped the bomb, not the other bomb. Whoa, that was a... I've got to confess. You didn't know that. We do make those mistakes, and sometimes we don't realise... That God is not wanting us to ignore it and oh it doesn't matter. But if you've you've offended somebody, if you've dropped it in someone, and someone thinks, I thought they said they were Christian. They're hypocrites, they're not. So the Holy Spirit, you know what he does? He whispers in your ear, and guess what he says? He doesn't say you're a bad person. I'm shunning you away. He says, Hey, you realize that you had influence over there, but it wasn't good influence. Hey, James. James has the influence on my granddaughter. <laughs> So the Holy Spirit whispers in our ear, that person noticed what you said, the dirty joke that, you know, sometimes things borderline, they borderline, don't they? But it's our, it's our influence, it's our witness, our, it's our authenticity, and being authentic as a Christian is not being perfect, it's not making mistakes, it's being honest, transparent and open and humble. So when someone puts it on you, and guess what, the Holy Spirit can speak through people and say, Steve... The other day, you, you know, you sort of laughed at that smutty joke. And some of the people made a comment when you went away. Said, I thought he's supposed to be a Christian. You know, I, and I'm telling you, I would feel bad. But what would the Holy Spirit say? Oh, be down on yourself? No. And justify it. And I'm telling you, here's another key to know that we're not in that right place of shining we justify and look at others and blame shift. Oh, everyone does it. The pastor does it. He drinks, she drinks, they do this. But the Holy Spirit comes and whispers to you, if you apologise to those people that heard what you said, you'll have influence with them. Wow. Through humility, openness, transparency, honesty, being an authentic Christian is not perfect and it's not covering it up. It's being open and transparent. Say, so, look, the other day, guys, I'm sorry, I laughed at that joke and I felt convicted, my conscience. See, speak that language. My conscience got the better of me and I felt this voice inside me say, you were wrong. I'm telling you, you have influence. Not because you're perfect, but because you're honest and transparent. And this is what God's doing. We've got five minutes and I'm nearly finished this scripture. Keep open house. This is so good. This is how you let your light shine. This scripture actually tells you how to do it. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God. This generous Father in heaven. Wow. By being open and honest, people see your openness and honesty. And guess what? That helps them to open to God simple how simple is it to let your light shine so good I'm going to read these other couple of scriptures one's in Colossians 4 5 and 6 and it's a passion version I've never heard of the passion version but it's a passion version and it's not too different to your normal version so don't think it's you know it's heresy read your own version it's very close walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers Walk in the wisdom of God as you live before unbelievers. See, we care, well not we care, we focus too much on how we live amongst Christians. We should care how we live amongst unbelievers. This is how you let your light shine. This is how you have influences. This this is how you can have an authentic life. Because I, I guess in my life, and I've seen that Christians and leaders can bluff it amongst the Christians. We can say the stuff, we can do the stuff. But how many know the people that are watching us out there really know the real us? That can be a scary thing, but it can be a good thing. Because they're watching to see how the real stuff responds to the real God. Because if you're a real person, they see that. And you are open and transparent and learn how to just let your light shine so that they can see. They'll see, I believe, most of them will see that God's real. Because he comes into your life in real practical ways. So it says in Colossians 4: walk in the wisdom of God as you live before unbelievers, and make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with, not hardness, grace, and tempered with truth and clarity. Does that sound like a lot of our witnessing and testifying in the past? No way. But if you look at the life of Jesus and his disciples, this is how they did it with people that never knew God. They demonstrated how loving God was, how forgiving God was, how compassionate God was, and how willing he was to receive them. This is how we need to let our light shine. And a lot of the reason I believe that we haven't seen the miracles and the, and the transformation and the influence of the church in our, in our lifetime is because we're doing it the way that some men Or women have told us it should be done. And rather than going back to the Bible and the Holy Spirit and the practice of the early church. You've got three witnesses there. The word, the practice of Christ and the disciples, and the the witness within your own spirit. Make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. For then you'll be prepared to give a respectful answer to everyone who asks about your faith. Wow. That's a slightly different method of evangelism, isn't it? But that's the one I believe works. And uh, thank God for the foundation that God has put within the, this community. We have a great foundation ready to launch you as an individual. Not, I'm not talking about necessarily the area here, where you work, your family. Because it doesn't matter, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. I've seen in our own family, in Judy's family, for years, 10 years, 15 years, and then suddenly, things happen and people change and people are open. Why? Well, there's the sovereignty of God's timing, but a lot of it's got to do with how we present the light of Jesus in us. And it doesn't matter how religious you've been, and when I say religious, I mean you know, staunch and this is how it's going to be done and this way. The very fact that we said, well, I've always done it this way and I'm not going to listen to you. Okay, that's your free will. But you know what? God's given free will to the people out there as well. And they don't have to listen to us. But God's given us ways to share with them that are real and authentic. And Hebrews chapter 13 in the Passion Bible, it says this, no matter what, make room in your heart to love every believer. And show hospitality to strangers, for they may be angels from God. It doesn't say that the believers may be angels from God. Notice that? Which means that the people that rub, rub us the wrong way and are irritable, and we don't really want to invite them into our life, let alone our home. The Bible says, Show hospitality to strangers, for they may be angels from God. Showing up as our or your guests. Wow. Identify with those who are in prison as though you were there suffering with them. And those who are mistreated as if you could feel their pain. And I just want to say this, and this is not about the rights or wrongs of it. There are groups in our community that the church has said, this, that's wrong, it's sin, it's this and that. There's a lot of groups out there. Backbiters, murmurers, gossipers, flanderers. you know, what all those be But we don't talk, treat them the same way. The Bible says, relate to those if you understand how they feel their pain and suffering. Because Jesus was accused of being a friend to these people. He didn't say he was accused of being around them and he was hanging out with them. Some of the disciples didn't like that either. The woman washing his feet and other people and the, and the rip-off merchant, uh, Zacchaeus, was it? Zacharias? The money man. The money man. He didn't just hang around them, he befriended them. Now that's a pattern for us. That's how you let your light shine. You show people true friendship. Not so you can get an agenda to preach the gospel message. You're going to hell. Anyway, that's getting into Tuesday night. So I just want to finish off. Whether you realise or not you're a storyteller. I love stories. My son Joel in America, one thing about he tells a good story, I tell you. No matter what happens in his life, when you hear him tell about it, it is funny and exciting. I don't know whether it's poetic license or what it is, but he can tell a story and it's funny. He he does not leave. He should write for for movies, I reckon. But you know what storytelling is? It's witnessing. When things are happening in your life, how can you not tell people? these people these days don't want to learn from experts or higher authorities you notice that but from others who share the same life issues and they've found a way out or a way forward and guess who that is you can put your hand up imaginary hand up in the, our attempts to make the gospel clear we've often squeezed all the life out of it and you know what the life is your experience Your life. People don't want formulas. They want a reality of a person that experienced the reality of a God that they can get to know themselves. And most times, most of us are embarrassed, as I said, or feeling. It's right at the end, so I must have been smart enough to know that I'd forget to, to say this one. That we feel shame when we stumble and fall. We fall short of God's standards. We know that. We don't need anyone to tell us. But guess what? I'm desperate for his help and healing and forgiveness. I don't want to stay in that place. Yet too many believers struggle with sin or destructive habits and negative attitudes and we pull away from God and his family. Seeing themselves really bad examples of a Christian and disqualified to share any of their story or their journey or testimony until they feel clean again or spiritually qualified to share the gospel message. Here's the critical point, and i finish with this. We must run to the Lord rather than hide in guilt and shame. The story of the prodigal son was written for you and me. Not just how I used to think it was all about my attitude to those people. But guess what? The main message of that story is for me and how he feels about me. It's true, isn't it? And how we treat others. But most importantly, how can we treat others if we haven't experienced that of God ourselves? It's a critical point. We must run to the Lord and our understanding of his grace and a faithful saviour, Jesus, will rescue us again, again, and again and provide the best part of our story and journey. What's the best part of your story and journey? That for other lost souls to see that it's there for them and they can have, God is waiting to write their, you know what history means? His story. And all of history, God wants you to be in part of his story, not the story of the community, not the story of what the devil wants you to write, of failure and loss, but you're, God wants to put you in his story, in history, and God wants your life to make a difference. That's the best part. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for everyone that comes here to gather as believers or to be in the presence of a loving God. I pray now and continually that every one of us will sense your presence and your voice drawing us closer to yourself. Help us to understand what it means to, to be authentic and have influence and to let our light shine. I pray these things through our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.